0: All right, let's get to our next guest on FT. First time on this show, surprisingly, I was like, "Damn, we haven't had Tyler Kepner on." Longtime friend of mine, uh, one of the best baseball writers in the biz. Uh, long time at the New York Times, now with the Athletic. Tyler Kepner joining us, and you can follow him at Tyler Kepner on Twitter. Tyler, great to see you. And what's your spring training plans like? Uh, hey guys, yeah, good to be here.
1: Um... I've worked with you before Scott on the radio side and the TV and AJ and and Eric I've interviewed Eric I grew up right near you uh, and you're in, from Lansdale right Yep
2: yep you yeah. went to GA didn't you
1: yes sir. yes sir yep I uh yeah I was in Gwynedd Valley and uh, well Flower Town for a while in Gwynedd Valley so uh, yeah it's all that same kind of Monco region
2: I worked down in Flower Town during high school when used to have Really whereabouts the far- the farmers market
1: Okay, oh nice. Right. Everybody by the old C V S. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so
2: Wait, yeah, no, are you I'm Amish. A... Wait, are you Amish Amish too? No. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Uh I uh, I'll be going down in, in a week or so. Um yeah, uh, yeah, a week or so. Going to Arizona first for a while and then uh, then Florida. So it's the first time for me with the athletics, so that'll be cool. Kind of working with uh that whole team of guys over there and guys and girls. It's uh it's exciting. It's got going with Jason Stark, you know, it'll be teammates with him and Kenny Rosenthal it's uh it's 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 really cool.
0: So Yeah, it's awesome, dude. C- congratulations on the move out there. Um well, just to spill our last combo into this one, what have been your thoughts on what's going on with John Fisher? I mentioned him specifically because obviously, you know there's problems with Oakland and and we mentioned how we want a team in Vegas at some point, but this is the wrong person to be kind of one of the faces of the sport lately. For trying to expand the game into a new market,
1: yeah, it's it's really it's been such a tedious uh, ordeal out there in open right. Like you know, all these stadium plans and sites that they build up and they promote and they hype, and nothing ever happens. Um, and I, I just won't believe anything about the A's until there's actually shovels in the ground and money committed and all that stuff. Um, you know, sealed up because it just never seems to happen. Um, and that speaks to the leadership that, that, that cannot get it done. Um, they couldn't get it done in Oakland, couldn't get it done in all the surrounding areas in Northern California. Now they can't seem to get it done in, uh, in Vegas. And you guys were right. I mean, we just had the entire entertainment world in Vegas. Um, and it would have been a great opportunity for the A's to kind of, you know, start making some inroads there and, 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 and all that stuff, uh, and you didn't hear anything about them. And you can't you can't do this wrong. You got to get it right. And I just don't have much confidence that they're going to get it right.
2: How much does this hurt baseball? Obviously, this hurts Oakland fans. But how much does it hurt baseball?
1: I think it does hurt baseball to have one franchise that's just out there um, that is so mismanaged and so kind of. Um, You know such a not up to standard right i mean like you look at you go to places you know around the game and then you go to oakland um you look at the way teams are run around the game and then you look at the way things are in oakland and it's just not right it's not big league you know it's there's a standard for the big leagues and uh and this is not it and it is at 29 other teams even tampa bay you know with, with how well they do and how smartly they're run um 29 other teams are, are big league and then you got, you got Oakland. It's, it's, it is sad.
0: So Tyler, let's get to some other teams in the sport. Um, and it's
1: also, and one of the, it's also for the game, Eric, it's it's keeping baseball from growing in the sense that, it's, that you can't, they've said all along, you can't expand until you figure out Tampa and Oakland. And now it seems like Tampa's going down the, the path and Oakland's still, still uh, spinning their wheels. Well, Someone I'll double down for
0: a sec because you know what's funny to me, Tyler, is when we when it said we can't expand unless this gets figured out. I mean, you can. There, there's no rules. Like there wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, some some declaration made in the 1700s. Thou must not expand right. unless yeah. Oakland and Tampa settle their stadium situations. It's just That's fair. Them I guess saying, the, that. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Because now we just heard the other day that the league's concerned about the TV money, and that might hold back expansion Mm -hmm. as well. So then it starts to get to, all right, what's going on here behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. Because as much as we're talking about this, Nashville has deserved to have a team for the past decade at least. And we are missing out as a sport long term by not having a city like that embrace Major League Baseball more.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I do feel like baseball really wants to be in Nashville. Baseball players really want to be in Nashville. Everybody seems to want to be there, but Nashville still can't, you know, figure out a, a stadium thing there either. And that's the whole big thing, right? I mean, that's, that was why it was a joke when Tampa was like, oh, we're going to play half our games in Tampa and half in Montreal in, in two new stadiums. I mean, you can't get one new stadium. How right? are you going to have two stadiums to – new stadiums to split a team? It was – that was silly. So, uh, so much of this – franchise relocation as you guys know is just posturing and and you, from my perspective you try to like filter out what's real and what is and and put it in perspective and that can be hard sometimes um because they put on a hard sell all
0: right so yeah let, now let's let's swing it around a little bit you know looking at some of your um recent articles with the athletic you wrote about bobby witt jr and the royals and extension so can you give us a little more insight on how you saw all of that going down and if you think there will be more of that especially with teams in smaller markets to build around a player.
1: Yeah, it seems like that's the, uh, that's the trend that we're seeing um, clearly, um, you know, is, is these teams that um, can buy a couple of years on the back end of free agency by doing it before the guy even comes to the big leagues. It's certainly, you know, I I saw it years ago. I remember the Yankees were in Tampa one day and and, and, uh, uh, Evan Longoria had just come to the big leagues and he signed a long-term deal. Um, like his first week in the big league. So it's, you know, there's, there wasn't much time to to move it up, but they've already now moved it up for, my, for minor leaguers and top prospects with Chorio. We saw, um, you know, and Keith with, with, with the Tigers. So um, I think it's, it's, it's putting that dollar figure on um, very, very young players, Corbin Carroll uh, last year uh, before his rookie season. Um, so I think that's, that's the new trend. And, and, and it's just a question of, you know, being in that position as a kid to, to take the money or or try to play it out and, and, and maybe make more year to year. And they don't all work out um, to be team friendly. I mean, certain guys just didn't. Scott Kingrey never really uh, made it with the Phillies um, the way they thought he would. And John Singleton with the with the Astros. So there is some risk for the teams, um, but I think it's become a necessary thing for these teams to do. Um, especially in Kansas city situation. Right. I mean, they're trying to get a new ballpark and, and they're trying to make a good faith effort. And, and I, uh, I think it's cool what they've done. I mean, they've had a hundred $110 million for several free agents, um, which for them is pretty good. Um, you know, Seth Lugo and Michael Watka and, and so on. And then to make your big commitment to, uh, to wit, even if it only is seven years when he can opt out of it for seven years, even if it's just seven years, you're getting the first two years he already got plus seven more years for a player whose you know, speed is a big part of his game. Those are probably going to be the best nine years he has or you know, the bulk of it. So you're getting the, the best years of of a player like that's career, and I think it's terrific.
2: Why, why don't more teams do this? I know you mentioned it's kind of becoming the trend, but you still don't see a lot of teams do this. I, obviously, I'm a White Sox kind of guy. They've never really done this that big. Mm. Right, they've never done a Jackson Churio, a Bobby Witt kind of. Yes, deal. they
0: have. With, with who? Aloy. Oh, not for two hundred. No, not those really long ones. They do the, the they do shorter a shorter ones.
2: one. But I'm saying, like Oakland, right? When they had Chapman yeah. and they uh, had yeah. guys like that, they had Matt Olson. Why didn't they do it? Why, why you, you see certain teams, certain teams, and we had uh, we had who was it? I asked the other day about well, what makes a general manager offer this guy but not this guy? Was it Dave, maybe David Stearns? I think Stearns yes, was. We asked him, right? Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso. Like, mm-hmm. why don't teams do this? Even like, I understand not doing it until they get to the major leagues because some guys haven't worked out, like you mentioned, Kingery and John Singleton. There was a more to, way more to that than just right. him signing, as you know. Yeah. But why don't teams do this approach? Because I know this when I was even my second year. If teams would have come to me after, like Bobby Witt, and said, "Hey, we'll sign you to," I mean, numbers were way different then. Five year. $20 million, I would have been like, shit, I can't turn that down. I'm never mm-hmm. going to make $20 million, right? Yep. So I, I think more players, and I know agents are smarter now and players are supposedly smarter now, but you have a hard time as a young player. A team comes to you and says, hey, here's five years, 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I, man I'm going to turn down $50 million, even if agents mm-hmm. your agent's in here. So I think this would be beneficial for players and for teams to do this more, If especially once te- guys have established themselves a year or two in.
1: Yeah, I've always felt that, like if I was in your guys' position as a player, knowing all the things that can go wrong, that you really shouldn't turn down your first fortune, right? Like once you're set and you've got a, a big figure, a big foundation for yourself and your family, then the next one, if you're still really great, then you can go get top dollar and and, and break the bank. But don't turn down your first fortune and teams are in that position to offer these guys their first fortune and see if they turn it down I don't know why more of them don't do it except for maybe the risk factor, I guess. But um, if these guys are as good as you say, as you think, um, then it's going to be a value, a bargain for you. The thing that blows me away is Baltimore hasn't done any of them, you know, and, and, and I sat with John Angelos and the dugout last year in, in in Baltimore and obviously he's put the team for sale now Um, that sales in progress, but um, just to hear him talk about how, like, if we start giving 200 million to this guy and hundred million dollars, this guy, like everybody wants, we're going to be underwater so fast. And it's just like, it was hard to, hard to understand because like, you know, you want to keep this thing going. Obviously you can't sign everybody, but if you're the Baltimore Orioles, you got the best core of young players right now. Like, man, just pick, pick a couple of them, make them say no. I mean, maybe it's going on behind the scenes and nobody knows about it, but I really don't think so. I mean, Adley Rushman should be signed there for a long time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let alone Henderson and, and, and some of the other guys um, there's no it, It's it boggles my mind the Orioles have nobody signed
0: up long term hey big picture offseason Tyler what did you like not like I know it's still ongoing technically you know from a team perspective you want to pick out maybe one team where besides the Dodgers you were like I really like their offseason and another what? team on the other end
1: yeah it's uh it's funny because there there aren't a lot of teams that really jump out at me as saying like oh they've had a a plus offseason um, maybe that's because the 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 market didn't have as many big stars as, as it usually does um, I think certain teams did sort of the minimum that they needed to do um, Philly's bringing back Aaron Nola they kind of had to do that and they did it right away but have been very quiet since then um, you know that that stands out I mean I, I still don't know what the you know, where the Cubs are going to pivot. I mean, their biggest hitter is still out there, you know, in, in Bellinger and they lost Stroman. Um, do they lose some of their momentum? Um, you know, Boston saying that they were going to go full throttle and then once again, really not doing much. Um, just, you know, complimentary pieces here and there, um, makes you wonder about their direction. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, the Giants. I think have, have certainly been been trying again. Um, you know, they Robbie Ray. I know he's hurt right now, but you know that that that's a high upside guy. And and, and some of the hitters they've gotten with Soler, and uh, and you know, and, and Lee. I think his name is so. I they. Um, I guess I like what the Giants have done, and I really, you know, what else I really like is what the Diamondbacks have done, um, because they they're they're a team that to their credit, you know, in the world series, they were one starter short. They were, you know, and, and really they could have been two, but Brandon fought really stepped up. Um, but, you know, Mike Hazen said, we're one, we were one starter short and that's on me. And he went out and he spent, spent uh, some money and he got a Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, <clears> Rodriguez. <throat> so I'd like, I like Arizona doing that and kind of reinvesting in the team to try to extend what they started last year. Um, so I, 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 I like I like what I see from them too.
2: Okay, so I have to ask this: How many dogs do you have,
1: dude? Oh my god, I got four.
2: Four? I, is there yeah. an intruder that we need to know about? Because no, they're, they're doing, doing, they're,
1: doing the, uh, they're doing the they're doing the 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 trash pickup right now, so they're going crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's that's I really need to get spring training, to get away from the dogs, man. That's uh, okay. Oh, All right, so. Yeah.
2: You mentioned you recently went to the athletic over the winter and you were at New York times for, for a long time. And I remember seeing you in New York, we'd come in or the Yankees would come into town. So is is this a sign that someone like you who was there? I think you were over 20 years at New York times, 20, right? That they, 24 years, almost 24. That, yeah. That they don't, they're kind of losing sports interest because why would they let, and again, you don't have to get into all the details, but it seems odd to me. They let, let someone like you that's been there and done such a great job leave for the athletic. And if you go into, if you, Pick up the New York Times nowadays. There's not a lot of sports coverage.
1: Well, dude, it's crazy. Like, I I felt a little bit about how players feel sometimes when they say, like, why do I have to find out through the media, through Ken Rosenthal, that I've been traded or or something like that? Because we found out from uh, a Washington Post media writer last year started calling us around and saying, hey, I'm hearing that the Times is going to uh, cut the entire sports department and, uh, you know, outsource sports to the Athletic. And this is like on a on a Friday. I'm like, why am I hearing this from another newspaper instead of you know them telling us, leveling with us about what's really going on, um, you know? But eventually, after a crazy weekend, we were all kind of in limbo. They told us, um, you know, that that they were that that was true. That they were uh, going to eliminate the sports department as a freestanding desk and utilize the athletic for all of <clears throat> all of sports coverage. And that was really tough um, because the Times had, had a great sports tradition going back to the very beginning. Um, but it, it, it our focus at the Times Sports Department had changed um, over those last few years. And I will give the company credit because they, they invested $550 million to buy The Athletic. So they definitely see, as a company, the value in sports coverage. And that's why they bought The Athletic. And so when the whole thing went down, I was like, that's where I need to be. You know, so I'm, I'm still under the umbrella of the corporate New York Times, but I'm with the sports people. Um, and that's, I mean, I just, I love it over there, man. I mean, the athletic just does baseball the way I think it should be covered and um, all sports, really. So it's its still corporate New York Times. They put the New York, they, they put the athletic stuff in print. And I think the print section now is great. Um but it's weird, man. It's weird, for, I feel, for a lot of my colleagues, you know, at the times who stay there and they far- they're they farmed out to other departments. Um, they're not writing sports anymore. It's like you kept your employment, but you lost your job. It's really weird.
0: Yeah, and you you ended up in the perfect spot. Exactly. Also, did you hear what he said? One of our taglines. But that that's for writing. Baseball the way it should be covered. True.
2: But he also has to work with Rosenthal, which is a problem.
0: Well, we do, too. As you know, Tyler, we <laughs> work Ken, with him. the best. Ken. He is uh, the best. Let's finish with this, Tyler. Just let everyone know. Cause I forgot what's your famous trivia savantish thing that you've got. You know, every I'm not gonna make you do this. Oh, right yeah, now, you can give me any, any uh,
1: any world series game from 1979 to now, and I can tell you who start with the starting pitchers. Every one of them
2: stop. Wait, it. what? Hold on, wait. Any from 1979 till now,
1: yeah, you, can you tell name tell me a game, every... at game whatever in whatever world series I can tell game you. Three, that. 2005. Game three, two thousand. Oh, that was the game you hit that double to center field. Oswald was cruising, and you tied the game with that double. That was John Garland against Oswald. Yeah, he's
2: right. Game Dude, one. He
1: is game one, 1994. None. That's a trick ah.
2: question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It would have been. Uh, it
1: would have been like uh, uh, Expos. It would have been like Kenny Hill for the Expos, and uh, I don't know, Jimmy Key for the Yankees,
0: probably. Yes. Yeah. Want to do one more? Wanna By the way, Jack Cordero
2: was 0.2% on the. Uh, no. Oh, shit.
0: Good. Good. You got one more? Give him one more.
2: One more? Uh, two World two. Series. Mm. 1993, game three.
1: Pat Hank getting us Danny Jackson. The the uh, Jays Philly's. won like 10 to 3.
0: The speed there. is incredible. Paul Moller hit a know, home run yeah,
1: that day, right down the left field line off Danny Jackson. Just pff, It was like one of the Moller's. Molly, I've ever seen Molly right? Moller hit it, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, he just yeah. zipped it right down the left field line. Mm.
0: I could literally listen to Tyler just go year, by year on yeah. World Series yeah. games. It's insane. I can't remember anything. Vet, that
2: place was a dump.
1: Uh, that was my
0: childhood. Eric, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: I knew that was a dump. First big league oh. field I ever stepped on.
1: Yeah. Dude, me too. And, and I – I remember well tw- once as a Phillies Phillies camp in like sixth grade, twelve years old. I remember standing at third base, and it was '87, and that was like Andre Dawson's big year. And I remember thinking, "Holy, this this is a lot closer than you think." Like, and you're a kid, you watch on TV, you think it's farther away. You get down there, on a big league field, it is really close. And I remember thinking, Andre Dawson could take my head off standing, you know, 90 feet away if I'm even with the base. I just, for some reason, I had that vision in my mind. As this is. Big League Baseball is a whole different animal when you're that close to it when you're a kid.
2: Wow. I, I thought Matt LeCroy was going to die at the vet one day. He was catching. <laughs> he we so played hot. a day game in, like, August, and it was mm-hmm. a bazillion. He came in. They had to, like, put him in, like, an ice bath between innings. Finally, they're like, all right, you got to go catch because he, was, he wasn't he was going to make it.
0: Wow. Dude. Uh,
2: it I, started, I, interned
1: there, I interned there one summer. They had an old a old, old, coach named Mage McDonald. He had been on the 1950 coaching staff, whatever. He was, like, 80. And it was like that Seinfeld skit with Mandelbaum, you know? And he'd, he'd take all the interns and all like the front office guys out there to at, at lunchtime at high noon in the broiling heat of the vet. And he would hit fungos, perfect fungos. He'd stay on the corner, 330, and he'd yell, 371! And you'd run to the 371 sign, and he'd get it just in stride, 408! And then you'd run to the 408 sign, you'd jump up on the fence and get it. I mean, it was like, it was just great memories. But yeah, dude, being on that turf at, at, at noon... In the middle of July, um, that was that must have been something else, because <laughs> it was yeah. just for an intern in shorts, let alone playing a big league baseball game.
0: Great for cooking breakfast on the turf, mm-hmm. but everything else, <laughs> tough, tough. Tyler, great catching up with you. Good to see you. We'll see you out. Maybe in spring training, AJ and me are going to hit some camps, but appreciate you and, and love what you're doing with The Athletic.
1: All right, my friends. Yeah, you guys do a great job over there. And uh, yeah, I mean, Eric loved your book, and AJ, you're awesome on
0: uh, on Fox, so uh, keep it up, guys! All right, thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Appreciate Tyler. you. Everybody. Cheers. Yep. It's, and we'll have Paul Seawall joining us in just a sec. It's funny, who said that in the chat? Grant goes, I don't even remember last year. <laughs> Seriously, I
2: can't name. I can barely think. And I, I went '05 because I was. I had to think about the starters and those, and I played them.
0: Tyler is a savant on. Seriously certain trivia. That's why I was, I couldn't even say the words. I was like, oh, he's got tricks in his tricks bag, but He's (laughs) He's got tricky tricks. Next (laughs) level.